I think everyone in the business and really from an onboarding standpoint, this isn't just a leadership thing. Everyone who's onboarding the business needs to understand why feedback is important here, what it looks like and, and how they can give and receive it. Because there is a skill set around receiving feedback, isn't there? Welcome to the How They Lead podcast, hosted by Benjamin Wade and Ben Stocken. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the world of high performance, showcasing examples of how individuals and teams can reach their full potential. Together, they'll be inviting amazing guests who have defined or represented high performance in their own right. From world record breakers to individuals who have achieved first in their fields, the How They Lead podcast will showcase a diverse range of guests, each with their unique stories and insights to share. So join us as we challenge traditional ways of doing things, explore new ideas, methods and possibilities, and evolve the way people perform. I'm really well. Busy. Busy. Okay. Good busy or, or really manic busy. busy? It is flying. November, or oh, nearly the end of November, nearly the end of the year. Where yeah. has that gone? I know. I know. Tell me about it. And this is, this is the first one of these that, that we've done, which is, which is a new, new episode for us. We're, we're doing a bit of like a, a state of leadership development and team performance development based on businesses we've spoken to, what yeah. we're seeing out there. A bit of behind the scenes for our listeners. Um, so we're Friday, the 17th of November, we're recording yep. this. You've had a busy week. What have you been up to? Everything. Delivery with clients, phone calls. I don't think we've ever been busier. For the three years we've been running, this must be the busiest month. My calendar's back to back, Matt's is, yours is. Yeah, client delivery and just speaking to so many people who they're either budgeting for next year, have come up with a load of budget they need to spend, that use it or lose it mentality. Or they're realizing that in January, some of their teams, employees are going to come back and think, hey, new year, new me, new job. So yeah. let's get some development planned, try and increase that engagement and definitely retention. Yeah. And just upskilling across the board. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, I think that's, probably, that's probably one of the things that has been really prevalent. I think I've had 10, 12 discovery calls with new businesses this week um that we haven't worked with that's aside from the clients that we're yeah. working with this year who, who are thinking about plans for next year and we're booking those sessions in one of the first first things that's coming up front of mind is you know it's, it's been a tough year mm -hmm. um there's no doubt about that across sectors that we work we work in and obviously we work sector agnostically people are seeing that we we made a commitment at a at an owner director level to our teams that we would invest in them this year yeah. We've held back on that budget or held back on those actions. And, and actually there's an element of, you know, we need to, we need to make good on those promises, but also, yeah, we need to be fit to go in 2024. Yeah. And then there's that interesting point you just made there about, we all know, and I think the majority of people who are listening to this podcast will know this, that that time after Boxing Day, that time after Christmas, coming into the new year, people are sat at home. Everyone's eating the best bits out of the celebrations box, haven't they? No, it's the Maltesers. Yeah, the Maltesers. I'm keeping you away from the office celebrations yeah. box. Everyone's had the best chocolates. They're opening their presents. You know, they've done the windy walks. And now they're thinking, wow, 
I've got to, I'm going to go back in a few days. If they're in a sales role, they're thinking I'm starting at zero. It's going to be difficult. I'm starting at zero them. again, yeah. like the target, the expectation. If they're in an operations, you know, operations or support role, they're thinking, wow, we've got big projects, big deliverables that maybe were pushed back from 2023 into 2024. Yeah. So with the same skill set, more pressure, same skill set, higher targets. Uh, How do you do it? And maybe less resource. Because, yeah. you know, if we look at people's hiring patterns, I think, you know, speaking to the businesses we're speaking to, and certainly the, the recruitment consultancies and exec search businesses we're speaking to, the majority of them are seeing an uptick mm-hmm. now in terms, of, in terms of businesses resourcing, but there's a lot of fatigue out there. Yeah, there, there is. And weirdly, everyone that I've spoken to has just done, or most people have just done their yearly engagement survey. Yeah. So off the back of that, they're now developing people, at least planning the team, they can see that they've got unengaged employees. Yeah. But weirdly, it's only a snapshot. So they've allowed it 364 days to go past before measuring that engagement. Yeah. And we were only chatting about it yesterday, weren't we? What if you could have an ongoing engagement survey or you did it more regularly and get a better snapshot? Because coming up to Christmas, everyone's in a happy mood, aren't they? They're probably going to be skewing that result. Yeah, I get that. But you've also got, you've then got survey fatigue, haven't you? Yeah. So you've got that, you've got that real challenge between don't don't survey people too frequently but also but also kind of get the pulse i know like you know you can get engagement platforms with like pulse surveys which are micro surveys every so often but then what's the what's the benefit of that smaller data set in in terms of in terms of how you're gonna you're gonna measure people we're going off topic a bit because you were talking about you know potentially people people leave don't they like the week four of january i think is you know, one of the highest, highest weeks in the year where typically people hand their notice in. It's Blue Monday, Black Monday. There's definitely a Monday in there. Blue Monday. It's a Blue Monday. What's Blue Monday? The first Monday back in January. Blue Steel Monday. Uh, no, that's just how we look at it. So I think, yeah, yeah, like Black Monday. I th- maybe it's Black Monday. Um, the first Monday back in January, everyone comes back, they've got goals, they've set it after New Year, they're like, new me, new year, let's go and find a new job. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a, a study. Oh, com- completely, and I think, you know, from back in my my previous career working in in the recruitment and, and staffing space, like we would definitely train our consultants to to be like right between Christmas and New Year's, like get headhunting candidates because yeah. they're gonna be they're gonna be thinking about a move, and then you're putting those candidates into processes in January, so people then hand the notice in January February. So from a like a playing defense as a business, if you are going to be investing in your people. And you know you're going to be investing in your people in 2024. It would be crazy to not be planning it now and communicating that to your teams. Yeah. Or oh, here's one. I mean, on my list here, feedback culture. Mm-hmm. The last three clients that I've spoken to, success for them in a year's time would have a culture of feedback. And that directly links into what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Because it shouldn't be a shock when someone leaves. You've got your succession planning. And that open conversation, you should be planning for people to leave. The worst thing is to get to December or Blue Monday in January and have a wrath of people walking out the door. Yeah. That surprise leaving is, is horrific for the budgets, for your profit, for revenue, for engagement, motivation, culture. So how do, we, how do we increase that? And that's one of the questions that comes up time and time again. How do we get that feedback culture? So it is just open and honest conversations. I'm thinking of leaving or I'm not being developed properly. How can you support me? How can I support the team? To make sure that it's not surprising when people do leave. But I don't think anyone would. I think very few people 
would 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 right now in the economic climate i know i know inflation's reduced which is which is great news for for the majority of people um in terms of what that might do to interest rates and, and cost of living but right now you know reading posts on linkedin reading commentary in in the you know the the, the trade kind of hr and training articles that that we read and speaking to clients and working with their teams like we get that IV line into what's the sentiment. And I, I think there are very few people that would have the like the guts to say, do you know what? I'm thinking I'm having a wobble because, you know, other businesses haven't been hiring as much. So there's less of that 21, 22, like, okay, fine. Like I'm not enjoying this. I'm going to go somewhere else where they're going to pay me 40% more. So coming back to that feedback culture piece, like my experience, this my experience this week, this week is three businesses, two businesses who have said to me, we have a great culture of affirmational feedback and praise. We are really good at giving praise to people. What we're not so good at is giving correctional or developmental praise. Yeah. And when I ask why a few times in that kind of, uh, is it Socratic questioning? Like mm -hmm. why, why, why? Yeah. Um, when That's I ask why, why is the root cause analysis? Yeah. So when I like do that root cause analysis, and they probably think I'm being a bit annoying. Actually, it's because do you know what we haven't done it regularly enough because we're worried about everyone's well-being, engagement. Everyone's under a lot of pressure, so we haven't wanted to give negative feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting concept in itself because developmental feedback, if it's delivered in the right way, and and everyone understands how feedback works. And you create that culture of, of feedback and intent is the main thing there. As long as everyone understands that my intent is to make you better. When I say to you, you know, you don't need to wear your headphones when it's just me and you. <laughs> then scenes would just come off the call. Yeah. Then, then actually you're not, you're, you're less likely to risk people leaving. So those were two businesses. The third business, we're talking about a leadership program with them in 2024, like we're already working with them. And they're really concerned about how 360 feedback is going to land. Their people have never had 360 feedback before. You know, it's going to be an anonymous, hopefully very raw, challenging, but safe process. And the conversations I'm having with the stakeholders right now are a bit concerned about how this is going to land with how people are going to be feeling early January. What, what are your thoughts then on that there shouldn't really be surprises when it comes to 360 feedback if you've got that feedback culture in place? Because if you've got that regular feedback, actually, you shouldn't have time for it to manifest itself into a, a huge problem issue or challenge in theory. Yeah. And so the feedback during a 360 should almost be affirmational or a pinpoint that something might be bubbling up under the surface if you've got everything else in place. Should only be an issue or could only be an issue if you've left it 364 days you do a 360 feedback and you haven't done those one-to-ones regularly enough and you haven't got those feedback loops in place or that open and honest culture. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think if I put my not cynical hat, if I put my realist, like pragmatic hat on, then I don't think feedback should ever be a surprise, but I think often like realistically, if you're going to give someone some, some critical developmental constructive feedback, whatever phrase we're using, if you're going to say to someone, you can be better at this, they're going to have to have a self-awareness moment mm -hmm. and that self-awareness moment is going to be awkward you know when we give each other feedback that we've already kind of talked about how we like to give each other feedback that's the important thing we asked each other how we want to receive it and when 
Well, no, I gave you feedback and you said, no, I don't like it in that well, way. Yeah, true. And I did the same to you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so we learn. We learn. We learn. And, but I think that that's the important bit. It's actually understanding, like, what the hell is feedback? Yeah. Why is feedback? What's the benefit of it? And then communicating that first. So I think there's a, like, a pave the way bit mm-hmm. in terms of, like, it's yeah, change management, isn't it? So, like, how do, we, how do we identify what the benefits are? What's going to draw people into giving you know, constructive feedback or praise, because a lot of people are very like bad at giving praise. I think giving specific, meaningful praise, yep. like "good job," is not good good feedback. But like using us, for example, I now know that you like to receive. If, if there's something I want to, I want to give you feedback on, you like to receive it in advance, in a written form. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Or just tell me what's happened, but what and why, rather than you did this. Okay. And just leave it there. Okay. We'll, we'll, Which we'll, you don't we'll have that do. coaching session in a minute. But so I think I think when it comes down to it should never be a surprise, agreed. But I think everyone in the business, and really from an onboarding standpoint, this isn't just a leadership thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's onboarding to the business needs to understand why feedback is important here, what it looks like, and and how they can give and receive it. Because there is a skill set around receiving feedback, isn't there? 100% receiving, giving that emotional state. What happens when you receive it and how do you react if you react at all? Yeah. That and if, emotional intelligence. And if I go back to my 20s, which is a long time ago now, um, I was very bad at receiving feedback. And, and my, my like MO for feedback was deflect and defend, yeah. which was, you know, deflect, yes, but, and then defend, here's the mitigation. Is that because it's a sign of weakness and it's that flight or fight instinct? So like, you don't want to be appear weak, especially in front of others as well. It's like when we video our calls and then hear them back amongst everyone else. It's that, oh, it's a potential sign of weakness. Or people yeah. think it's a sign of weakness when it shouldn't be. And if you know what the bigger picture is and the goal, that it's actually for the good of the team and the business and the individual, then feedback can be accepted far better. Yeah, agreed. And I think that comes back down to like skill and will. So actually, if you go back to someone who, if, if, if everyone's, list, everyone's listening, watching, and you think that's me, like I deflect and defend, then actually there, there's, there's an understanding that needs to happen around like, what's the intent of the person giving you that feedback? Yeah. So the giver intent is first. If your intent is to vent and to get it off my chest or because you had it coming, I mean, you did. No, because you had it coming, then I need to take a time out and realize that that's not feedback. That's me like being a, being a dick effectively. And then on the other side, in terms of learning how to give, how to receive feedback, it's actually being prepared to think, well, the intent is coming to develop me. Um, I'm about to hear some stuff that I'm not going to like because there's going to be that self-awareness moment. Yeah. So how do I receive it? I need to be present. So, you know, camera on if you're virtual, hopefully it's face-to-face. Um, thank the person. But sincerely, you're not thanking them for calling you out for doing something wrong, which you might disagree with. Well, you thank them because you're going to be better for it, both of you and the team. I think it's thanking them for coming to you and, and being vulnerable to That's say, right, yeah. actually, there's something you can do better. And then for me, there's a timeout moment. Like, I know when I, when I get, get feedback, I need, to, I need to receive it, be present, thank the person, but then take it away. Yeah, assess it and think about what it is that you've just received yeah. and what you can do with it. We went down a rabbit hole on feedback there, but I think it's important. Well, and it's a top topic as well. Yeah. Everyone's trying to create that feedback culture. And I think sort of Gen Z millennials coming up through, it hasn't always been first and foremost. Like if you look at sort of 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, a feedback loop and a feedback culture wasn't prevalent. 
as much as it should be or could be or needs to be now. Yeah. Unless you look at the high performing teams like the, the Red Arrows and your background as well. Whereas feedback is, it's first and foremost. Well, it's the lifeblood of, of like forward momentum mm-hmm. in terms of group dynamics, team performance, like completely. And, 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 I, and, and look, I think because it's coming up time and time again, and we're asking, you know, why behind it, we're able then to support those businesses to say, look, here's, here's one very critical way that we can bring our experience, bring a diverse perspective into your business. And it's not you as a CEO or director or a head of you know, HR or people saying, well, this is, this is the mandated kind of way you need to give feedback. You know, we're working with businesses and, and able to plan in Q1 how, as part of their people development strategy, they're going to have a great 2024. Because if you can get, you've got like a clean line in the sand, haven't yeah. you? Like January, let's come back Start in, fresh. ways of working, new targets, new goals, everyone's fresh. We if communicate can, that, yep. And if you can capture that wave to be like, right, well, let's, look at, let's look at how we communicate with each other, that's feedback. Um, and and we, we've seen businesses we worked with this year who we did this with, you know, in January, and you see like two exits from two clients, you know, the values they were really happy with, other businesses, you know, growing against the grain. Yep throughout this marketplace. Um, It's weird. And I think just thinking of all the examples where we've been asked to come in and support them with their development, especially communication feedback, it's usually because they haven't upskilled or they haven't had the opportunity to upskill the new emerging leaders or when they're onboarded, giving them the skills needed to be effective followers and leaders when they get promoted into a leadership position. Whereas the ones that have developed their new starters, emerging leaders, actually set up for success when they get to a position of, of leadership. And that, that links into what one of our other clients who they didn't have the budget for us to come in and develop them at this point because the team were underperforming, but they're underperforming because they haven't had the development. Yeah. So it's chicken and egg. And where do you get in and break that circle? It's a, it's a difficult one, a conundrum for some of our clients. But I think if we can look at, like you said, giving that people development plan in place from when they first come into the business, that's got to be setting them up for success. And then you get that feedback culture. They're skilled in communication as well and effective feedback, delivery and receiving of. Yeah, I mean, look, right now, anything, anything businesses are doing to develop their people has to trickle down to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I, and they need to be looking at the summit as well and the footpath and where they're going in terms of you know, vision and mission like we're realists and and you know anything we do in terms of developing our people at west peak we know there's that there's that tension between budgets you know peak performance trickling down to the bottom line and there's that need to be like the holistic view of you know attraction development retention engagement well-being like that time and time again just is demonstrated in research equals yes mid to long term improvements in performance and, and profitability but also very short term. Like you and I both know from the maths we've done with, with people, mm-hmm. you lose one person right now. Yep. You're looking at, you know, at, at best case scenario, you know, one and a half to two, two and a half times, times yep. base salary yep. as a cost. Like Which a lot of people don't know. That's, that's horrific. When you sit down and, and run the figures, run the maths, yeah. that's uh, a massive impact. But a quick win, yeah. as, as you just said. Yeah, short term quick wins and the long term effect of that development. So... So we're seeing at the moment um, big conversations around, around feedback and how that's a really important thing to, to develop and get right right now. Yep. 
concerns. Well, people people are almost rushing now to to get stuff booked in with us yeah. because they have a backlog of development. People development they recognise they haven't done, yep. and oh, they're wait, concerned about they're concerned about 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 levers. They're concerned about how they're going to perform in twenty twenty four without you know the competitive advantage they get from developing their people. We're also seeing a lot of clients come because they're forward thinking as well, and they see success in 24 and the growth, but they know that they aren't best place for success. So actually those proactive clients are coming to us thinking, right, we, we need to sort it out now before 24 comes so that we're best place for success. So yeah, we're seeing both of those actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think we booked, we booked a session in for January, 2025. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like that's that's forward thinking. That's I mean, it's part of a program, but that is forward thinking. Yeah. Uh, but but do you know what the power of that being communicated yeah. by the business to their people? Long term commitment. Yeah. Long term commitment. Long term investment. Like they haven't. They're not. You know, they're not saying. You know, you're going to be involved in that necessarily. But they're saying, look, this is this program. You can reach and and buy in and aspire to. Yeah. Um, any other challenges that are coming up for you that you've seen in the market this week? I think McKinsey released that report about the impact, commercial impact to not developing your, they call it middle managers. Yeah. It's so actually, yeah, we concentrate on new starters, the onboarding phase, or even before they're onboarded, and then the CEO, the C-suite founders, but actually there's like core level of middle to senior managers who are often not forgotten about, but they're so busy, they haven't got time for development. And actually that's where we need to concentrate on. I've seen a lot of interest in terms of the middle leaders, middle managers actually being upskilled, reskilled, or just reset and refocused as well. As part of succession planning, which has actually come up time and time again. We had a conversation yesterday about people starting to think more positively about succession planning, yeah. getting it out there in the open, going through development plans, which sort of a couple of years ago, actually succession planning was a bit taboo. But yeah, now it's prevalent. Completely. I think I think, you know, the tech clients we're working with, like SaaS platforms and, and pure tech clients are working with they are they're beginning to go again they're beginning to, to hire and grow so we've got you know we've got first time founders second time founders all of a sudden now to step away from from leading a team to to leading new leaders who are leading yeah. a team so you've got that that team leader level emerging leader level i'm a bit allergic to the phrase middle manager yeah i've tried to try i know you tried like, I know, but, but you're right you're right like mckinsey talk about it gallup talk about you know the reason why most people leave a business is because because of bad management and it's it's always aimed at that 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 one above operator mm -hmm. level which is like team leader emerging leader or middle manager and the the reality is the reality is that i get it like businesses whilst they're growing have to identify someone who is really good yeah. you know it's exceptional as an operator as a salesperson because they think everyone else they hire underneath them then has the benefit of osmosis learning that they can, they can observe and replicate that person. Yeah. The danger is either that, that, that person who's promoted into that team leader position, their performance themselves drops and, or they just haven't got the skill set yet yeah. to be able to lead a contemporary workforce, post COVID hybrid, virtual face, whatever that may be like leadership has just, has just changed the way that you and I both um facilitate the development of leaders like if i go back five years when i was in-house like there's no way there's no way the the leadership development programs i was running then would be as refined and as distinct towards how to lead in a 21st century post-covid yeah. environment now 
Well, and, and also, as you just said, giving someone the, the skills, the tools and techniques and the process to lead well is great. But actually, the most important bit is what they do with that and the experience they gain. Going through the, the officers training, you get an intensive leadership package. But actually, you really develop your skill set in the following nine to 12 months, even before you start leading people. So being an effective follower and team player, but they give you the experiences to develop and nurture those tools and techniques. Yeah. So you've got a year's worth of learning and development before you actually go out and put it into practice. Whereas in commerce, you don't you get the skill set, and that's why we support them for the following year. But actually, it's still difficult to go out with that skill set and then put it into practice. Yeah, completely. And I think you know, in a similar way to to to, to the military. If I look at professional sport, people have often said to me, oh, like professional sport is very different because you train for 90% of the time and you play for 10% of the time. Like in business, you're playing for often 100% yeah, of the yeah, time. Yeah. And how much personal development and, and upskilling is there? And there was, there was one um, very famous sales trainer that I always remember him saying this. He's like, actually, for every hour of, of prospecting or sales work, a salesperson should do, they should be doing an hour of call coaching, call reviewing, nice, preparation, yeah, yeah. etc. Because actually, you know, the quality, the quality is as important as the quantity. Now, we are never going to get a client that says to us, we really want to partner with you guys. And we want our leaders to go on a nine month intensive leadership program. So, you know, what we, I guess what we do as a reality is like we condense the most practical, yeah. fundamental things that are going to give them a competitive advantage where the rubber hits the road. And then stick with it afterwards as well to ensure it's embedded and we can run through any challenges with them. Because that's the hard bit. Use it or lose it, I guess, as well as like a, yeah. a leadership muscle. Yeah. At the end of that, you need to start practicing it and getting those feedback loops in so you understand what's working, what isn't, and then we can help out. A leaving note then, two sectors that are booming for you in the last couple of weeks. What, as in have the best leaders or no, engaging with us? Surprising sectors that started engaging that you might not have had before. Oh, great question. Great question. So look, tech, okay. like VC backed um, or private equity tech businesses, three discovery calls this week with brand new businesses who've mm -hmm. been referrals, which is fantastic, saying, actually, we're going for series B or series C next year, but we know we need to invest. Yeah. So can we have a conversation about what that can look like? That's one. Second sector is biotech. Uh, yes, it's tech again, nice. but like life sciences. You know, we are, we're running a global leadership program next year for, for brand, brand new client, which is going to be one face-to-face -face and then one fully virtual to kind of manage time zones and travel and stuff. But there's more and more of that life science space that's really blossoming. And, and so that's been quite surprising, I think. What about yeah, you? Nice. Yeah, I think for me, like professional services, like law firms and finance businesses, we operated with one, supported one back at the beginning of the year. And since then, it's just opened up a whole new sector. I think there's definitely a shift in the way people are thinking in those sectors. Yeah. And then the other one, hospitality. Okay. I think after COVID, where it was so difficult to get people into the rooms and it, it was a difficult time in terms of profitability and revenue. And now there must have been a shift a year, a year or so later, where actually the hotels are back, the industry is thriving again, and they've got the budget to start developing their their leaders, their, their GMs and each of the hotels. So yeah, I think hospitality inundated with the press and then professional services from the law firms and finance. It's, um, it's such a diverse mix. And I think that's, great, that's what, I think that's what we love and yeah. it's what keeps us fresh and allows us to just harvest ideas 
from all those different sectors and then distill them down and bring the best bits to the clients that, that we get to work with, which is which is fantastic. Well, it keeps us on our toes as well, because I mean, we obviously do a lot of research and learning outside of our, our client engagement. But then when we go and see a client, oh yeah, well actually, yeah, they, you do it this way or you trial that way. So we're always, as you said, through osmosis, taking on new tools and techniques to add food to our expertise as well, which keeps us at the, the forefront of, of what's going on in leadership, fellowship and teamwork. And we can take that and give it to other clients as well. Yeah. Or something in hospitality might be great advice for biotech or life sciences as well. Yeah. Love it. Great. So first one of these done. We'll see. Um, see how well this goes down. But like, I think we could have talked for hours. We've tried to keep it to like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, covered a lot though. Covered a lot. So if this goes down well, we get some good feedback. We'll, we'll do another one of these sort of every month or so. I, I think so. If anything you'd like to hear from us as well, drop us a note, send us a topic, and we can dig down into it. Brilliant. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on the How They Lead podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something new about the world of high performance. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And don't forget to subscribe to the How They Lead podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep pushing yourself to reach your full potential and evolve the way you perform. And remember, just because something has always been done a certain way, doesn't mean doing it a new way can't work. <laughs>